welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Today's episode is with Prosper from Live Long Digital. Prosper is a digital marketer, business owner, longtime entrepreneur, and shares his story, which started in Africa. It was at a young age he had the opportunity to be exposed to an exchange teacher who completely changed his life and shifted his perception to realizing that there was so much more to see in this world. That was the start of his journey when he realized he wanted to move to Australia. Soon after meeting his teacher, he continued to learn about Australia and how the country had so many opportunities to live a life he only dreamed of at the time. And this began his pursuits to move abroad. In between saving money and working towards his visa to fly over, he ran multiple businesses such as party boat tours, bars, and so much more. When the day came to move over, he found himself in a restaurant job. And this is actually when the adventure began. In this episode, we touch on how to rewire your mindset, see opportunities that come your way, and touch on how to stay ahead of the pack in a world gone mad. And why purpose is more important than ever in these times as we dive into the AI age. Thanks so much for listening in and enjoy. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. For everyone listening in, who are you and what do you do? Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's so surreal because you were on my uh, podcast recently. So my name is Prosper Rovinga and uh, I'm a digital marketing strategist and I'm based uh, here in Melbourne. Epic. So let's dive a little bit back into the past. So one thing I really like about your story is you literally, and it sounds very cliche, you came from Africa to Australia for a better life. But the thing I really loved about was um, I saw your, your video, which was the story on TV about, you know, the the teacher that inspired you to to make that move. Do you want to let us in on, you know, your your journey from living in Africa, what your mentality was over there to working towards where you are today? Fantastic. A lot of people have different views of what Africa is, but my version basically is I was born in a very small town in Zimbabwe, uh, in Africa. It's a country in the southern part. 
And for us, growing up was uh, pretty tough. You know, I didn't have a lot of money or hope to even amount to anything. And there was no one to actually maybe look up to. So we essentially didn't have any role models to inspire me to, you know, grow into my own horizons. But um, my life changed when a bright-eyed Australian teacher came and uh, was working at our school. So you can imagine I was 13, the hormones were already doing their thing. And this girl comes in, she's teaching mathematics from overseas. And um, yeah, we'd never seen anything like that before. So any person in my space or time would definitely pay attention. And basically what she did is she taught me about Australia and all the incredible things that happen around here and all the opportunities that are out there. And one thing that stood with me was the fact that you can be, do, and have a happier existence while you're traveling and um, seeing the world and just being who you want to become. So that was unheard of. Remember, I was just growing up in this small village and all we could ever amount to, if anything, was maybe a government job. And um, I don't know if you know the, the type of economy we have in Zimbabwe. We literally, and I'm saying this in inverted commas, we literally invented inflation. Um, we had one of the biggest inflations uh, known in the history of money, where at some point a billion dollars could not even buy you a loaf of bread. And the way the money was, you know, eroding in value, um, I'll put you... Uh, to, you know, so that you can have a, a view of what this looks like. Now, Chris, you've been to a shop where you're buying, you know, like like Coles or Woolworths, right? And have you ever noticed that in every one of these shops, they have the fridge that has the milk right at the end of the shop. So imagine when you walk into a shop, right? And you take a catalog from the door entry, and the catalog says milk is $2. By the time you walk all the way to the back of the shop and come back to pay for it, that milk is now $5 or $7. So you can imagine you can't plan, you can't buy houses, you can't buy cars because everything is fluctuating. Money is measured by how much value you have by the minute. So things like that did not create or facilitate any sort of growth in business or in in livelihood so when somebody um you know like the teacher came in and she showed me hey you can move you are not a tree that really opened up my my mind to a lot more things that i could do um a world full of infinite possibilities and and where people actually dream big because you know you can imagine if you know you don't have money to dream big it's just futile for you to even think of dreaming big so um and all i needed was just the courage to follow those dreams so for the rest of my time in school i worked my butt off and uh as much as i could saved a lot of money and a few years later in 2021 i was on a plane and I was in Melbourne. Wow. So from 13 to the age of what did you make that? How long were you saving for? Uh, well, obviously from 13, uh, I still went through to school, but yeah. I arrived in Australia when I was 28. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And what is, so you're in a class full of other students and yet 
were you the only one that kind of had that mental transition? There would have been there would have been other kids, but you know, it, when an idea's time has arrived, mm. you know what I mean. The the, the teacher or the, the student shows themselves up. I literally believe that teacher was sent for me and me alone all the other kids didn't even want to go anywhere near her because obviously she's of a different race and she taught mathematics and mathematics is one of the toughest subjects even for for any kid anywhere in the world so half of the time some kids would just rather go unnoticed but I took that upon myself and I was like wait a minute if this girl can travel the world and do what she's doing there's got to be something there so I actually started getting very good in maths so that I get picked on and that also increased my airtime and my talk time to her so I could ask her questions and just, you know, just be around that that greatness, you know what I mean? Because for me, it just felt like that's an opportunity that if I had, I would utilize. So I don't know about all the other kids in that sort of school environment. I don't, I don't, you see, we're now all on social media and everything else. I don't think there's any of them that I've come across maybe in they've gone on maybe changed their names or things like that but yeah I, I <laughs> and find there's, it 50, really... there's 58 of us in the class oh wow I find it really interesting because these these opportunities come up throughout time um, but it is only like a, a very few select few that get the opportunity mentally to make the decision to be like hey I want to change my life and this is what resonates with me. And you're in a tune with that person. And it is what you're saying. The teacher appears when you're ready. When, when do you decide when you're ready? That's, that's the biggest question. But whenever you start to like take action for you, in your life, I feel like that's when you start to get the snowball effect and you start to get things moving. So from that point to moving to Australia, in between, were there any other businesses that kind of came before where you are today? Oh, absolutely. You see, the thing about life is, have you ever heard of what's called the reticular activated system? Yeah. Right? For maybe the viewers, it's generally a sense that when you buy a car, you start seeing that very same car everywhere else that you're you're, you're driving. All right. Uh, I did that when I uh, bought my, my FJ Cruiser. And uh, everywhere, you know, it looked like a unique car. But as soon as I drove it back home, I think I saw about six or seven. And I'm like, ah, see, now I'm just like everybody else. So, so basically, when when you stretch your mind or start seeing things that, um, you know, you want to maybe go into or start doing the universe, um, the systems, the processes, everything starts conspiring to bring you closer to that one particular thing. So um, while I was, you know, I mean, it, it, and I want to be honest with, with all of this, when, when this was all happening, I didn't necessarily say this is what I was going to do, but I just got inspired. And that sort of ignited the reason for me to look into traveling elsewhere. All right. So 
I started looking for opportunities and things that could bring me closer to traveling or meeting people from all over the world. One of the things that I did was I actually started my journey um, in, um, in marketing for a safari company. All right. So for people that come to Africa, you would want to do a safari or, you know, see the world in, in that sort of way. So in that sort of realm, I would meet a lot of Australians. I would meet a lot of English people. And that really, really then strengthened my um, need to really want to go. Because if someone can leave their home country, come and travel for three or four months, first of all, they must afford it. Because each and every one of the activities that they were doing, if they paid to go on a safari, that would pay my salary for the whole month. Now, mm -hmm. can you imagine, you know, we, we were doing that with a lot of people. And I'm just thinking, all this money, where is it all going, coming from? How are people making so much money that they spend 30 minutes on a safari and I leave off of that for 30 days? So you can imagine, you know, when things like that start happening in your space, you you open up your eyes and your horizons and you want to be a part of it. You know, you want to feel and be amongst that energy. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, there was things that happened in between. I even started a, a cruise company myself, but that didn't go anywhere because it involved a lot of alcohol and safe to say I drank the profits myself. So, yeah. <laughs> And did you run a bar? <laughs> so the cruise, the cruise then became an offshoot of um you know the bar in and of itself so when when people would have drinks at the bar we would um bring them on we used to call it the love boat and um um for those for those that are very stickler for details there were no safety jackets on there People would jump in the water. It was just a fun activity and everybody would be drunk. Even the guy driving the boat. It's a one, it's a surprise. Uh, we're still alive. So whenever you go to Africa and you're invited to jump onto one of those, it's it's an event of a lifetime. You know what I mean? And the alcohol is un, you know, unmeasured. You know, you just pour alcohol into a, a an urn and you just pass that around and everybody just really gets smashed so the business idea there was to get everybody so drunk because all the drinks are included uh on the cruise right so it's to just get everyone so smashed in the first hour and the next hour nobody's drinking so we reserve the profits um moving forward so <laughs> and, and where, where did that idea come from i guess like to open open that was that just like one day you were just like I want to do this or did it was it just like throughout your experience doing the safaris and stuff you're like oh there's another avenue to take this so absolutely and when you when you look at things like that you can only you know you can only connect the dots looking backwards all right so normally when we would finish the sunset cruise the clients would still go on with their with their day all right we we remain cleaning up the cars or whatever it is and then we get ready for the next trip or whatnot. But sometimes we will be invited for drinks by the clients and they're still spending more money. And half of the time they will still spend an enormous amount of money that would be worth more than my salary. And I just kept wondering, how? How do I how do I become a part of all of this? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was through all of that that I just ended up 
you know, wanting to, to find out, you know, you know, these days they just say, they call it follow the money. And that's pretty much what I ended up doing. I just kept following where the money was going. So after the cruises, people will go for a drink. How do I become a part of that? That's when I opened up the bar. And then from there, you know, the cruise was also very enticing. And um, I met a lot of friends um, in the process because, yeah, nobody else was offering something like that. It was a comprehensive package because that meant the whole weekend or the next two days, they're just nursing their hangover because they don't know what hit them. So the cool thing about that is you're following the breadcrumbs, you know, like in in life, like there's so many opportunities to do so many different things, business, personal growth, whatever it may be, and everything has a clue but it's about having that reticular activation system activated. Like you're talking about, like what's the first exposure point that I need? Maybe for you, it was seeing the teacher. And then that was the first exposure that allowed you to identify, Hey, like this is what I'm interested in. And it didn't particularly mean business. It just meant new things out of the comfort zone, something different, something that can like challenge my mind, something that interests me and sparks passion and going and just following your intuition on that journey has led you to different ventures and then to this point in time, which I think is pretty amazing because when I think about like the thing that sparked my, my start of my own journey, it was like literally just a sentence. It was just like, could I be more? And then I shifted my, my own paradigms just from that. And the same is for you. What else is out there? Where's this money coming from? Can I be a part of that? And it's just answering your own questions along your own journey to take you to that next level every time, which is pretty amazing when you think you're only one sentence away from changing your life. Um, what what do you think it was that really shifted your perspective along those early days to committing to really making the move to Australia besides the inspiration at the start? Was it just the experiences through business that gave you that confidence to do it? Okay, so... I mean, the situation in Zimbabwe just kept deteriorating and it just didn't make any sense. No matter what we were doing, um, the government was just not going to turn around this whole thing, um, you know, in in, in the time that it, it, it has. Now, if you look at this, I've been in Australia, you know, a little uh, uh, over 10 years now. And in the time that I've been here, so much has changed. Yet, I would probably have been still in the same position had I not moved over here. So that now started drawing me closer because the longer I was now in this um, field of, um, you know, safaris and everything else, you know, the internet started opening up and now I was in direct contact with a lot more other people and I was just really noticing a whole different um, way of being, you know, that these people were experiencing. And I just upped and I was like, you know what, I think, this is the time. And obviously Australia just really was the f- first protocol. And um, yeah, started making attempts to come over here. And um, it, it, it so happened yeah, in that sort of um, manner. How was the process to coming over here? Was it hard? Was, did, was it lots of back and forth? Or do you find that things just kind of fell into place for you? So if you look at it in retrospect, it's, it just feels like it was handed to me, all right? But if you actually look at the stages and the processes that need to happen, because with the kind of visa that I first came to Australia with, I needed to show the Australian government that I had 90 days worth of income 
so that I'm not going to straight go on the door. Now, that's a lot of money considering, you know, I was not earning as much back home. So that whole saving and, you know, looking at the internet and our internet connection was not the fastest, right? And um, it's like maybe... Uh, we are eight hours behind. So every time I would say, write an email or correspondence to an Australian official government, I'd have to wait for the next day and maybe I get busy at work. And by the time I go to an internet cafe, we didn't have laptops or whatnot. You had to go to an internet cafe and then check your mail. And given the scenario in Zimbabwe, electricity would probably not be there for a couple of days. And that just really elongated a process that could have taken three or four days. So situations, circumstances that are just way beyond um, anyone's reach and, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, change or recourse um, just started happening. But if you are Focus. You've got your goal. You know what I mean. It's just like you. You just keep going, no matter what comes your way. You know what I mean. All of these um, obstacles and challenges just now become stepping stones because um, it, it's just how it works. And one thing that I now later on realized, um, you know, just as anything else, is whatever you're going through in life, pay attention because one day you would have a good story to tell on the Travel Fit uh, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I love the finish. <laughs> the the cool thing I like about it is that the awareness that everything's like happening for you, not to you, and also the understanding that there's always signs. And it's hard to obviously realize there's signs if you're in, you know, a heightened state or you're stressed or things are just going wrong all the time. But talking about focus, like keeping the, the main prize in 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 your foresight i think is you know one of the things that actually gets people from a to z for you getting from a to z how, how did it feel finally getting to australia and was that the start of your online marketing journey so so as soon as i arrived in australia i literally was broke by then wow all right. Because yes, I would have had that money, but the way I put it all together was having borrowed money from other people just so I can show that bank statement. But for me, I think if I had anything, it would have been like a hundred dollars or so. So that is literally what I had. So the first thing that I had to do was get a job as soon as I got here. And the first job that I got was work in a restaurant um, on Ligon street. I don't know if you know Melbourne that well. So it was an Italian restaurant. And as, as soon as I started working in that restaurant, first of all, I was like, ah, is this, is this what I really wanted? You know, I didn't want to come and work all this much. This is not the thing that I was sold onto. And I don't know, for people that are listening in Australia, there's always this um, American people always, refer to Australia as a place where you get a shrimp on a Barbie, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and in the time I was getting excited because Melbourne was being nominated as one of the most livable cities in the world. And I'm like, if I, if I can just get to Melbourne, I mean, the city where dreams are made, you know what I mean? And yeah. So the first job that I got was in a dimly lit um, kitchen in, you know, and, <laughs> And there was this uh, chef who really was, I don't know, very overzealous. You'd see him doing the walk and then there'd be a big flame behind me and I'm just traumatized. And I'm like, ah, okay, nah, I'm not used to that. All right. So, but with time, you know, we started joking around and, um, you know, it's, 
So for me, that arrival, I just had nothing but a backpack full of hopes and dreams. And I was just a stranger in this whole new environment that I had spent the rest of my life trying to come to. And there I was, big, big, big wake up call of washing dishes uh, on Ligon Street because all the skills that I had are not transferable in, in the first world. <laughs> you know what I mean? So although I worked hard in the first sort of six months and I did my best, I wanted to connect with the people that I was working with so I could find out, hey guys, now that I'm here, what else is there? You guys, you've been here long enough. Show me, tell me, you know what I mean? And then I soon discovered that the people were just coming there to do their jobs and they'll go away. So I thought maybe I'll connect with them on social media, find out what it is that they do after they finish work, because I'll spend the whole day sleeping and because I'm working throughout the whole night. So I never really got to see Australia in the first six months, you know what I mean? Because I was just working and all the money that I was working, I had to pay rent, food, everything, you know what I mean? Because I was starting from zero, so to speak. So I thought maybe if I would connect with these people on social media, that would be a, a good thing that we could do. So I went in and I soon discovered that the restaurant had no social media presence at all. So it actually made it even more difficult because most of the people would just show up and say, hey, I'm Chris. And that's all you knew. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You wouldn't know anything else about them. So I thought maybe if there was a Facebook page or a group, there would be somewhat a way of getting to know each other. So I took it upon myself, <laughs> you know, as you know, as human beings, we're wired for connections. So because I was starting to feel left out, I just felt disconnected. Remember, I'm coming from a place where I was the life of the party and I'm coming to a place where I have to constantly watch my back because some guy is just playing with oil there. And it was just it was just traumatizing. I don't know. So. Determined to sort of bridge that gap, I actually took the initiative, like I said, and I created um, a Facebook page for the restaurant, which I did without even seeking permission from the restaurant owner. Now, I must say, for those that are listening to this, you know, maybe you, you don't know how the internet actually started. A lot of the internet before was was uncharted territory so people didn't know and understand what was going on they didn't know um you know where if you post anything where it would go who looks at it and things like that so it was always met with contempt and um most people that were really good at the internet were not the right kind of people it was the scammers and all people that were just going in there to make a mess of it so there were maybe four or five different pages at that time, you know what I mean? So if a restaurant had a page, people will find it, all right? <laughs> so so the day that I created it, I then invited people, hey guys, after work, just click like on the page, you know what I mean? And the boss was not happy with that, you know? He did not think it was a way that, or he didn't think I was, had the right to even do anything about his business because don't forget, you know, a Facebook page for a restaurant represents the actual business in, in, mm. in the online space. So I literally went on and, and started, started managing a part of his business that he had, you know, decided not to. So he was furious, man. And he demanded that I take the page down and um, he was just convinced that he was going to attract negative reviews and it was not going to be working for him. And like I said, the internet was not known or trusted back in that time. You know what I mean? So 
despite my best efforts, you know, to explain the potential of what this could possibly do, you know, I got, I actually got fired on the spot for being disobedient. You know what I mean? I was not even supposed to talk back at him. He was furious. I, I just had to listen to what he was saying. So there I was, no friends, no job. Now I'm new in the country and it was just, it was just crazy, man. So I was just devastated, you know, feeling that my hopes and dreams of actually connecting uh, with people were going to be deleted along with that Facebook page. And um, I don't know if you know, but when you start the process of deleting a Facebook page, Facebook allows you sort of 30 days um, you know, for you to make a decision or whatever, they don't delete it instantly. So, um, yeah, you can imagine my confidence level was just shattered in, on there and I didn't know where to go. But I soon discovered that, it, it, you know, you, you can only connect these dots looking forward. When an idea's time has come, my friend, you can't stop it. So while we were going through that 30-day um, process, you know, I was also looking for other jobs and things of that nature. Um, two girls from um, Richmond um, came to the restaurant and they took photos and they tagged themselves with the page. So back then, influencers were not, you know, as prevalent as they were, but these girls are very high up in, in Melbourne's A-listers, you know what I mean? So people were liking and commenting that uh, those photos and in the process, the page was going along with it and he caught wind. I mean, the boss, the owner of the restaurant caught wind of what was now happening. And then he started seeing the potential. So he rang me up and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just looking for work. And he's like, live whatever you're doing. Come here. But this time, don't make a mess, all right? I want you to start focusing on the social media side of things. So my friend, I had unintentionally created my first client there. And I still use that as a case study uh, to secure more work. Uh, and um, even moving forward, I was just pointing people to that particular incident and everybody's just like, wow, wow, wow. So after about three years of learning, um, you know, still working with that, I, I went on and I started my own agency, Live Long Digital, because what I was doing now was now inviting all these celebrities and, and bringing them to the restaurant and we we're taking photos of them and tagging onto the page and he just went gangbusters. Um, every year I get invited to their Christmas party because I literally just made the strategy that they are now using. They haven't changed it. Um, yeah. And, um, so for me, I just, I just learned a lot of lessons there. First of all, don't touch people's things without permission, but, <laughs> <laughs> but second, it's, you, you don't have to wait for opportunities to be presented to you. As you can see, with all the things that have happened to me, opportunities have been there, but it takes a, a different lens to start seeing where you are needed, where you are useful, and um, waiting until you have the life that you want so that you can start doing what you need to do, I think is the biggest mistake that a lot of people have. And I feel like you must take action, um, you know, based on whatever you have, grow where you are planted. Because, you know, you know, if you're, I, I was just telling you about my garden and everything else. If you're a plant, right, you don't necessarily have to wait for somebody to go to Bunnings and bring you fertilizer. No, use what you have there. And if somebody brings fertilizer, guess what? You, that's a bonus. 
You know what I mean? So trees, plants, animals, they don't expect anyone to do anything for them. They do what they can with what they have. Um, and I must say, I mean, today, almost 10 years later, <clears throat> you know, I, I see you can tell I get very emotional because had I not done that, there's no telling where I would have been in my my journey right now. And I've since won awards. I now really noted 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 as as a networking professional. My digital marketing agencies. I don't even need to advertise like what other people do. My family is happier, man, and I'm living proof that anything is possible. Um, no matter where you come from, no matter who you are, no matter what it is that you're doing, as long as you don't give up on your dreams. Um, and so, no matter what you're going through, just this too will pass. You know, just look out for whatever opportunities that you might have. Just start now, start wherever you are. And uh, I'm just a guy who thought I would connect with my workmates and not realizing I was actually connecting to my calling. The coolest thing with that is <clears throat> it comes from, like you say, like in human nature, our deepest, our deepest desire and need is to be connected with people around us. And that's where everything every great business idea has really spawned from, you know, what's Airbnb? It's a, it's a place where you, you pay a stranger to stay at their place. You save some money, but you also get to meet people along the way. I remember using Airbnb back in earlier days and it's a bit different now. Like you don't really talk to people these days with Airbnb, but I remember when I was around Europe, we're traveling and we'd meet all the, the owners of the place. And they're like, yeah, tell us what you think of it. We've just joined Airbnb. And just like the, the connections that you built from that, like, you know, I'm still connected to a few of the hosts from my past travels, but everything has been built off that, that one desire to be connected with so many more people because we, we have that, that, that need in an in, in urgency really to be connected to other people. The cool thing is, as well is, is that the fact that you have the opportunity to be like, wow, like I took a risk and it's, it's like, yeah, sure. Like let people know before you do it, of course. But also like, it doesn't hurt just taking a few risks, little micro risks here and there. If it doesn't work out, that's okay. Like you learn your lesson, you move on. Like nothing has to be perfect. What would you say to someone who has to take a risk and they have to use their own own roots to to dig into the ground, but they're just not sure what that first action point is. Fantastic! You see, the one thing about life is we cannot usually see what's what's ahead of us, but we could always reverse engineer certain things. So this is one thing that I usually just tell my clients: find out where you want to be in five years. Right, because if you're looking at things right now, it's usually clouded. You don't necessarily see because everything is overwhelming. But we have this way of knowing what I want in the future. And half of the time, if you can pinpoint exactly, okay, I want a business this big. I want to be a, a manager in this job. I want to. I want to do this. I want to be known as certain person. Your health, your wealth, or whatever it is that you project yourself into the future, and then reverse engineer back to where you are soon you will know at least something that you need to do in order to get to where you want to go so when you're traveling to go somewhere else you do not put the address of where you are you put the address of where 
you're going. And then the GPS will self-navigate back to you and then it will show you how to start your journey. That in and of itself is the simplest tool that we all have. As long as you know where you're headed to, right? It will be easy then to now see, okay, if that's where I need to end up at, this will be the first thing that I need to do. And then just take the courage to take the first step. What Once you know be, what that first step is. What would be the three questions that you'd get someone to ask themselves to break through any mental or physical roadblocks that they're having with becoming a better person and heading towards that destination? Absolutely. Why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? And who will care if I don't do this? Do you know what I mean? Because who will care if I don't do this could either be, first of all, yourself. You wouldn't cheat yourself to whatever greatness that you can put yourself towards. Maybe it's your parents. You want to, um, you know, maybe help them. It depends on what your culture is. But in our culture, we actually take care of our elderly. And um, because they did something for me in the past, I just need to obviously send the elevator down and help them. You know, and once you are clear on that, the why, the how will take care of itself. So many people don't quite know why they're doing certain things. And if you don't know why you're doing certain things, like have you ever heard of stories where mothers have actually lifted a car or opened doors because their kid is stuck in the, in the car or the kid is trapped under the car? There's, there's moments of human strength that a lot of people cannot repeat or believe. It's because the why is really, really stronger. If you can ask yourself, who will care the most if I don't execute on this? Half of the time you will find yourself, you know, without even doing anything, just being prompted because your own soul is not going to let you, um, you know, let you off the hook for not doing what you're meant to be doing. And touching on what is your why and what are you working for and where do you want to go? Fantastic. You see, my my why changes um, depending on basically what is happening in my life. But I basically want to represent the idea that no matter where you come from, no matter who you are, no matter your skin color, you too can be, do and have a happier existence. So much of the world is predicated on oh, certain people are eligible for certain things you know what I mean like certain levels are only for certain people in life like I'm not going to go into politics or anything else but just this weekend alone in Australia really showed the divisiveness of how our country really looks like but things like that will end up showcasing so I just want you know people to see that there is somebody who's putting in the work. There is somebody who's getting and achieving what they want. And they're not hurting anybody in the process. That now creates this whole need to just be the best person that I can ever be. Because you never know who's watching. You never know who's going to take up after me. I had some person come, um, you know, through to 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 me at the age of 13 was if she was the kind of person that was smoking, drinking, taking drugs, and maybe just doing certain things, I wouldn't have been inspired to want to be like that because there is something about that person that I don't like. 
which automatically takes me away from seeing what they're doing. So I just really want to show up as the best version. That way, all the other kids that want to be to and have a happier existence are represented and they can see that they too can do this. What's been the biggest challenge throughout your journey that's taught you the biggest lesson so far? Patience. Mm. Patience, because, you know, every time I I reach a certain level, I'm like, what's the next five years? You know what I mean? What's the next five years? What's the next five years? And then now I'm so excited and I know what to do, but some things you just got to wait for the time to come. It takes 21 years to be 21 years old. Mm. Right. So at the end of the day, you know, you might want certain things, but then, you know, they're coming, but you just got to wait for them. And how do you deal with a world that has instant gratification and validation in the technology that is sucking focus away from us? Hey, I'll tell you something that leaves more for people that are willing to work. Do you know what I mean? Everybody else is going to be running for that shiny object or that quick fix. And guess what's happening? They are taking a race to the bottom and most people are winning that race. But if you meticulously build and you're making sure that the foundation is strong, everything is being, um, you know, uh, done to its perfection. Not only are you growing, are you learning, are you becoming, but you actually have so much around you that a lot of people will actually come and help you build whatever it is that you're building. But if every day you're launching something new, every day you are on this new app, you're on this new social media, a lot of people would not have the time and patience to want to see what you're doing. Therefore, they're not going to come and help you create that. So yeah, I watch them a new social media comes in, they're on it. A new technology comes on, they're on it. But I'm not saying don't, you know, um, you know, capitalize on technology because there's new technology that comes in. Take the time to learn it. Take the time to really understand what use cases you can then put in your business and then make it solid and, you know, utilize it and then you can leverage it. So, So when you learn something so much, right? You now find so many other use cases for it. A lot of people would see something, learn it. And then if it's too difficult, they go on to the next thing. If it's too difficult to go on to the next thing and they don't really dig deep. You see, when you hit an oak tree a thousand times in 1000 different spots, you're not going to put the tree down. But if you hit an oak tree 1000 times in one particular spot, Hey, you'll have firewood. Mm. I've got two questions. One is, how do you stand out in a crowd in your your profession in, in, in this world of chasing success? And two is, um, what would you recommend for people who want to get in and use some technology or a new trend or or a service that may differentiate them from the rest? Like, what would you recommend in this space? See, you're already standing out as a person. I mean, if people are watching this episode right now, no two fingers, and I'm saying this with love and respect, all right? If you don't have fingers on your hand, maybe we could use another example, but no two fingers on the same hand are of the same height. So you're already standing out. The one thing that happens in my world and in, in the world that we live in, especially when it, when it comes to information and things like that, a lot of stuff has been documented and can be Googled. 
But your life story, your experience have so much commercial value that so many people get caught up in the how, in the what, instead of in the who. Who is showing up and what are they saying today? All right, because in my world, you know, you need to find a market, right? That responds to a particular message. And then you find a media that you can use to reach that market with that message. So many people just concentrate on the media. It's like one day you have a microphone, you know, and you show up on Zoom like this. But if you don't know who you're speaking to, if you don't know what you're going to tell them when you show up, that microphone is worthless. But so many people are going to Amazon, buying microphones, cameras, all of that stuff so they can create content for who and what are you going to say? So one thing that a lot of people don't do is really own their story, mm. right? When you own your story, you're already different. How many people would say they came from Zimbabwe, met a teacher, started a, 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 a Facebook page, got fired for it, ended up becoming the social media for that page that they helped create. Do you know what I mean? How many people have story instances like that? And if you create that as your own foundation, the rest of the stuff, like I kid you not, everybody wants to look at email marketing. Everybody wants to look at social media. Everybody wants to look at SEO. But when you show up at the top ranking of Google, what are you going to say to the people that are looking for what you're talking about if you don't have a message? Or you don't know the market that you want to be found for. Mm, that's so, huge. So many people, so many people jump the process and they just want to go to the media side of things, which is easy. Right now, we're on media right now. You know, if if we both didn't have a story and if we both didn't have a message, this would have just been two talking heads fumbling and people would have scrolled past. Mm. Somebody's watching right now and somebody's going to be watching in 2048 and 2130 because unless they delete the internet, this video is going to be there forever. So what is going to be the message when people show up? Who are you wanting to talk to? Because not everyone is your customer. And so many people want to be the authority. So many people want to show up, stand out or whatever it is. Spell the word authority. It's got the letters author in it. It spells author in it. What have you written? Are people watching you? Are people reading about you? Are people listening to you? Because authorship is about video, podcasts, writing. How are you showing up and telling people that you can help them by actually helping them? So many people want to skip the, 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 the line and they just want to go to talking to people, people buy from those that they know, like, and trust. So if you haven't done the work to actually show up in front of your audience, you're going to show up and try and sell them a 10 and they're going to be like, uh, who are you and why should we care? Oh, and then you come back home again. And then there's people like us who have been creating, writing the content, putting the resources out there, showing up on podcasts like this, creating for and relating to our audience up until we now understand what are we saying to whom 
and how and what's the cadence that we're showing up to them? And you mentioned technology. Yes, technology is there as leverage. You know what I mean? The people that invented the car, right? They made it easy for people to connect. The people that invented the airplane, they made the world, uh, uh, you know, a smaller place. You can travel from one end to one end, either by sea, by air, or whatever it is. Try walking or cycling, man, you'll be there for days. So find out where you are going and use the best technology to take you there because there's no point in using antiquated machinery or trying to write with your typewriter because you want to be authentic. Yet there's tools like, yeah, chat GPT or whatever it is that are now present that we can utilize. So find out where exactly you want to go and the vehicle, the how, the way will show up. And there's always technology, especially in my world. I wake up every day, Chris, and I look at uh, Product Hunt or any other website just to see if someone has created a, 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 a tool or an app that is designed to take my job away. And you know what? I smile at that. Because when the people go in and they rave about that new technology or whatever it is, we're sitting here, we're working with, you know, really, really connecting with our audience, you know, you know, really finessing our message, really going in, checking, how can I connect with my audience? How can I be the best thing that ever happened to my audience so that they get to know me, like me and trust me? That I'm the most preferred, the most referred to person, because this is a journey. A lot of people, like I keep repeating, they're on a race and it's a race to the bottom and they're winning that race only because they're chasing shiny objects. I love that because it's like, it's so true. And there's one thing that I've seen over the years and it's where people will go really fast and grow really fast and there'll be this trend. But what, what I see is it's like, oh, all right, well, you've overtaken me for now. That's fine, whatever. But what happens is 12 months, 24 months later, where are they? I'm still gone. Where are they? <laughs> and and it's about the, like you talk about the consistency. And even with this podcast, I always refer back to my first four episodes. I was sitting in, in my closet, like filming on my phone. <laughs> or I had like the Zoom uh, Zoom thing up in my closet because I didn't want noise and I wouldn't put the video on because I didn't want people to say I was in my closet when I first started this a few years ago. And I think it's so funny because so many people are like, oh yeah, what gear do you use? And I'm like, I just use a laptop and Zoom. There you go. Who, whoever's listening and you want to start a podcast, obviously you got to get some video, uh, some editing software, but it's simple. And And this is the thing. Everyone wants a Ferrari, but not everyone can drive a Ferrari. I like that. And and if they do get a Ferrari, they're driving it with a handbrake on because they just don't want to ruin it or break it. But if you know how to get five or six different Ferraris, man, you will just floor that thing. Absolutely. For yourself now, we've got a little speed round of questions. Uh -oh. It'll be fun. <laughs> so you, you've got to answer them quick, but no pressure. But yeah. Oh. All right. So you ready? All right, let's let's give it a shot. It'll only be a few. All right. Uh, worst advice you've ever been told? Uh, follow a mentor. No, no. Follow <laughs> a, a uh, oh, what what do I want to say? Follow a guru or a coach, somebody who hasn't actually arrived where you want to go. So there's a lot of people that are 
fake it till you make it type people and they bring along a lot of people around but they to they themselves don't quite know the steps they need uh to follow and you just the blind leading the blind so yeah yeah find a real mentor i like that one find a real mentor yeah, yeah. best advice you've ever been told the best advice i've ever been told wow that's a that's a really good one uh the best advice i've ever been told is raise your prices because when you raise your prices um, you know you you start obviously with fear but when you raise your prices you also raise your value mm-hmm. all right because if you're just getting people that are coming in at whatever low price it just creates that um yeah they're only paying me a little bit but if you actually put your prices up you start paying attention to what you're telling people out there and how you're actually delivering your value so yeah Start being the Michelin star restaurants that you deserve to be. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, favorite quote? Ooh, favorite quote. Uh... <laughs> Should have told me about this, then I would know uh, what to say. Uh, why invent mediocrity when you can copy genius? Okay, so this sort of goes along the lines of you know, so many people are out there trying to invent something when you can find somebody who's got the tracks. So who's who's got a track record, you know, um, it sort of contradicts what I said at, at the at the start. But you should have discernment now to start knowing who is the real deal that I need to be following, um, who's not just waxing lyrical. So, yeah, why invent mediocrity when you can copy genius? The most impactful book you've ever read. Ooh, that's that's a <laughs> you should have told me all right so so this is the way i read books so there's seven facets in life there's your mental then there's your financial there's your vocational then there's your spiritual then there's your family and then there's your physical and then there's your social but if i can put it to one book um it's the alchemist uh, Paul, Paula Kylo, um, and his story about Santiago, it really touches on a lot of uh, things. And uh, there's a statement in there that really, really uh, resonates with me that uh, the universe is always conspiring to bring you that which you want and need. And um, I've always tried to put it to a test. You know what I mean? So you never know who you, you're going to be connected with today, but you just got to put yourself out there so that you too, um, you know, can be in the ring to um, win. So just what I got out of that is just really spread, um, you know, your opportunities to win. If you want to win the lottery, you buy more tickets. So what are you doing in this, um, you know, life that we are in? to enhance your wealth, your health, and your relationships. So um, last one, another question, speed round's done. That was good. You did well. <laughs> it always gets people. It's so good. But what I want you to do is uh, this little activity I do with guests sometimes. If you just close your eyes for a moment, and I want you to imagine that, imagine the lift. So a lift that whatever it looks like to you, maybe it's got silver doors, golden doors, as the lift opens, you walk in, you look at the what the seating looks like. It's really fancy, something you'd see in an old hotel. And there's only one number on there. So one number, whatever that number is for you, you keep that to yourself. But I want you to click it in, watch the doors close, 
and allow it to take you down to a time where you needed advice the most. And I want you to give yourself that advice. And then once you're done, I want you to let us know what that advice was and why. Am I doing that now? Yeah, let us know. <laughs> oh, you took me on a journey there. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um so I've been I've been different people to different people in, in, in different lives. And for a lot of people, they don't understand what I just say there. I I'll give you an example. When I came to Australia, I had very long hair and dreadlocks so that was a whole different person than the person that's speaking to you right now and um for me I took that as my identity I thought that was who I'd become because that's all I'd ever known for me to be so I thought me cutting my hair would literally change the way people perceive me and everybody else would start seeing me different I actually got married to my wife with long hair and to be honest when I cut my hair she was on her phone I've got a video because I was I wanted to film that I thought she was gonna think oh my god who's that she's like oh you finally did it and I'm like wait a minute you could have told me that a long time ago you know what I mean so so half of the things that we're doing in life sometimes we are just stroking our own ego whereas a lot of people expect a lot better from us so what I would have told myself then is I should have done that a lot sooner because the, the the places I was going to, the person I was becoming, just because of the identity that I assumed with my hair would have been a whole different person than the person that I am today. So wherever you are, just be mindful. And that's the reason why it's very important for me to really be projecting five years in advance because you'll be looking at what you're seeing right now and you think that's the be it and handle. Whereas you're climb, you're putting a ladder on a completely different building, you know, than the building that you want to arrive. And that's the reason why a lot of people then face burnout, then they face um, all these things in life because they are building or creating a life that actually doesn't resonate to who they want to actually eventually become. And when they do end up at that place, they're like, wait a minute, this is not where I was supposed to be. Or is that all there is? Why did I even bother? So when you actually um, are going through life, you you need to just project yourself. Five, five years is a good enough number. And once you know exactly what that person is going to look like, reverse, your, reverse engineer yourself so that when you arrive at five years, the things that are around you, your health, the wealth, the spirituality that you want to have is exactly what you have. Nothing more, nothing less. It's epic. I love it. What would be one sentence that you'd say to someone right now who's at their worst possible point mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, that you believe would help them put start putting their, their puzzle together again, getting their life in order? It's not about you. Because a lot of people, when I, I viscerally believe we're here to live, to learn and to contribute. So when you want to leave the best life that you want to leave. You have to learn as much 
as you can in order to be able to, you know, achieve all those facets in your life. And once you've done that, find people that you can teach or contribute so that they too can have a happier existence. A lot of people are in their heads a lot. So they're not learning as much and they're not contributing to anyone. So they don't feel like they're valued. But if you start doing things for people and somebody comes to you and say, oh my God, because of you, I did not give up. You will continuously want to do the things that will make sure that you hear that over and over and over again. Our lives are not just about money. Our lives are not just about relationships. Our lives are not just about the jobs that we show up at. And if you really ask me, most of those jobs were deemed non-essential for two years. Nobody needed what you're doing right now. So if you're not contributing to somebody else's betterment, that's the reason why it grinds because you're not lubricating the need of your own existence. But if you leave, if you want to live your best life, you have to learn the, the, the mental aspects, the financial aspects, the vocational aspects, the spiritual aspects. Because you, when you notice somebody coming to a grind, they don't know enough. And let me tell you something. You don't know enough to be a pessimist. Mm. That's huge. Be the change you want to see in the world. Epic. For people who want to follow your journey and see what you're up to, find your services, where can they find you? I would say LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, is the place that I'm playing at the most these days. And that's probably the only social media platform that I'm on. I'm not on Facebook. I have a bit of Instagram presence, but LinkedIn is the place to be. Or just remember, my name is Prosper. And if you think live long and prosper, you definitely come across some of the work that I've done, either a podcast or something um, that will lead you towards the work that we're creating. Epic. Well, I'd just like to say a huge thank you for jumping on and I really appreciate your time. It's been very impactful. I've loved everything you've said. I've loved keeping you on your toes with the speed rounds too. That was, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think everyone who listened in today would have got so much value out of, you know, understanding that like ego isn't everything, understanding that the story that you live is the story that you create and that you don't have to be the victim of your own mentality. So really pleased that you, you came on and I'm super excited to see your journey continue to unfold because no doubt it's going to be super impactful as it already is. And yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Hey man, you are creating something remarkable. All right. So the pleasure is all mine. I can't wait to see all the lives you're going to impact with this podcast. And I just, I just can't wait to see you thriving. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If it made a positive impact in your life and made you think, what could I do to be better? Or gave you some answers that maybe you might've been seeking. I just ask that you share it with your friend or family member, or even take a screenshot and share it online. This helps us to spread our message and make a positive impact around the world. Thanks so much for listening in and see you next time.